When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala, and I know too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here, potentially. Uh, but you know who's not here is my co-host, Kristen Studdard. Uh, I'm rocking it solo as I give a brief introduction to what's in store for this episode here today. Uh, Pat Benatar finally was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and she was the subject of one of our very first episodes. Looks like our 14th episode. And just for context, we recently passed 214. So this was just about four years ago, July 2018. We talked to Karen Kilgariff, a comedian and writer who you might know from the My Favorite Murder podcast. She came on to talk about Pat Benatar. We had a great conversation. It was also very exciting for us. You know, My Favorite Murder is one of the most popular podcasts out there. So to get her to join us, let alone to do it back in the days when we would have people in person, was really exciting and a huge get. And also Karen's just so funny and great and nice and cool. And so a big episode for us. And we thought it would be worth revisiting this episode. So what I've done is I've Gone through with my scalpel. I've pulled out just the Pat Benatar parts because especially back then we used to talk a lot about all sorts of shit before we got to the meat of the episode. So it's all Pat-focused content. And I've also got all the levels consistent. Our audio used to not be so great back in the day, but that's looking good. I dropped in song clips. And so it is truly a remastered version of this Pat Benatar episode with Karen Kilgariff, and I hope you enjoy it. It's been a long time, worth a revisit, especially with this extra polish I'm putting on it. I think you're going to like it. So let's go ahead, listen to this episode from July 13th, 2018. Pat Benatar with Karen Kilgariff. Let's talk about Pat Benatar. Yay! <laughs> let's do it. Uh, so yes. we're going to go through these criteria and evaluate Pat Benatar uh, on her worthiness to be in the hall. Here's also, I should probably begin this segment of the show with a confession, which is, as much as I stand for Pat Benatar and her inclusion and induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, <laughs> I know... I've only heard one song. Very little about her. <laughs> I know... I know... 
And for a heartbeat, sometimes I think that that song Warrior is by her. It's not. I know. By Scandal. It's by Scandal. I do know that. Featuring Patty Smythe. Featuring Patty Smythe. <laughs> But boy, oh boy, that could be a Pat Benatar song. Yeah, oh, I mean, the, yes. the, Pat Benatar did have some of those 80s hits where it seemed like she was trying to gather up orphans, like dystopian <laughs> orphans to start an army. Yeah. She was very much like that, and that's Warrior and had that, that same song feel. has feel that to feel to yeah. it. And so, again, what I'm saying is, like, I don't doubt that she deserves to be in, but I, don't come to me for a ton of specifics, all right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, also, uh, specifics. Cool phrase. Don't love it. <laughs> uh, any Anything we, we, we want to get off our chest before we jump into the categories about Pat? I mean, she's cool. Great. She's just... Okay. <laughs> Glad we got that out there. <laughs> Here's what I'd like to say. Pat Benatar, uh, first of all, that's her real name. It was Hell her, yeah. It was mm-hmm. her first husband's right. last name. Uh, Which she got luck, lucky because yeah. her maiden name is like Andrew Dusky or something. <laughs> yeah. Something very Polish. Some terrible Polish name. Yeah. But the name Benatar is so cool. It kicks ass. By itself, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, and then she is uh, not only opera trained, mm-hmm. um, but so she has a humongous voice and a humongous range. But then she is like one of the most beautiful women like in music. I yeah. mean, she's like, she looks like a, she almost looks like a little elf or something. She's like the she could wear a pixie yeah. cut. She's just she could wear a unitard with a belt. I mean, she just she has it all. Uh, yeah, her, Andrew Andrew Juski yeah. Andrew. Andrew, Andrew, maybe Andrew Chesky. And Joe can, and Joe can say that because his last name is Yeah, Quizale. I've got a pretty rough He's, last name. And it's and I grew up in, uh, in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, which has a lot of Polish uh, last names. And I feel like I've seen that one before. And I've seen it pronounced like Andrew Jeski, uh, Andrew Juski, uh, Benatar. Good work. Benatar. <laughs> Keep it. And, that rocks. and her excellent <clears throat> name was Dennis Benatar. Yeah. Dennis Benatar. Denatar. Yeah. He does. He sounds like a Thundercat. Yeah. That's uh, a cool name. So, all right. Let's go through these categories then. Uh, first up is critical acclaim, which I don't th- know that she's really on the right side of any critical acclaim. Has she never been on anybody's list or anything like that? Joe, you read all the lists. Yeah, if, if Benatar is ever showing up on a, on a list, it's, it's like, like women who rock. Women who rock. You know. Uh, Number one, Joan Jett, always. <laughs> Number two, who's on the women who rock list? Uh, the women, According to fucking Rolling Stone, if the, who's which on the I goddamn... <clears throat> women who, who rock, rock feels more like a VH1 list. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's very Lita Ford-based list. Yeah. Yeah. Usu- I mean, usually when I it's mean, like women who rock, it's like Aretha Franklin, Tina Turner, Joni Mitchell, Janis Joplin. Those are like usually the top and ones. Tina couldn't be in there on her own. Somehow, <laughs> is Ike on that list of women who rock? Ooh. He's not. Dang, but yeah, I, I don't think maybe that's going to be my new thing. Is Tina should be in on her own, mm-hmm. and then it very clearly moves to Whitney. You got Aretha, Tina on her. I'm back. I'm back in the loop. Oh boy! All right, I'm I know. sorry. She's lost. We got to pull her out. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kristen. But can I just ask a question? Because yes. critical acclaim. So that's basically like so. If people are reviewing the album, they're not going. This is a meaningful uh, piece of artwork. Right. Yeah. Is is by no s- stretch of the imagination considered a critical darling, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and sometimes you can get into the hall because you are, especially you know that category is one of the more important ones. 
Well, also because a lot of like music critics and music journalists and stuff tend to have a lot of power on the nomcom and the people who are in the like nominating committee tend to respect the opinion of those types of people. It seems. Mm hmm would seem but it's her voice is spectacular mm -hmm. like her yes. voice is karen carpenter level voice perfection in terms of range in terms of like you know the way she uses it and it being emotive and stuff like that i mean i'd just like to point that out yes thank you <laughs> maybe the lyrics won't you, you won't write them to your former lover or anything like that mm -hmm. but I yeah, know. I think I, I would Alice guess. Alice for children, you never wrote that to your <laughs> former lover. I would guess that the critics probably do give it up for that, her abilities and her skills vocally. I feel like We Belong has to be on some sort of ballads list or something. Well, let's, let's go into then uh, the next category, which is classic albums, which I do not consider Pat Benatar to be an albums artist. She's more of a singles artist. And I don't know that any of her, I would consider any of her albums to be kind of in the pantheon of the greatest albums of all time i guess that she had an album called crimes of passion which is maybe the the closest to being considered like kind of a a classic album because it has all the hits on it yeah it was like you know it went four times platinum it's the one from 1980 yeah and that's the one that has hit me with your best shot hell is for children Children. Uh, Promises in the dark. Um, no, not on that one. Although it does have a song called "Treat Me Right," which I'd never heard before. Treat me right. Which I think is great. That's a great song. Wait, Wuthering Heights? That's not the Kate Bush Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Yes, it is. She does it a, is? She does a cover, cover of, of Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Oh, but that's a co okay. I was like, she didn't write. That no, seems like no, no. such a quintessentially Kate Bush song. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's she's covering it. Okay. But she, I think she covers it to show that, like her, what a great voice she has. Is Kate Bush in the Hall of Fame? She was nominated for the first time last year, but she did not get in. See, that's someone, for example, who I feel like critically is yes. so acclaimed, but is not like a super popular artist. But her critical acclaim would get her in mm -hmm. over someone like a Benatar. Yeah. And they're like, there's only room for one woman this year, so we can't have you both. <laughs> I just think it's funny that, like, it, you know, I can think of a handful of Kate Bush songs, but I feel like I can think of 15 Pat Benatar songs. Interesting. Like, if that hit wise, the if commercial that, if that success, ma mattered. I think, is, is that another category? So, the, the, okay. this, our next category is iconic songs, okay. which we can transition into nicely. Uh, if. <laughs> Nicely. If we so choose. Nicely. If we choose. I will choose to make <laughs> now, it very rough. <laughs> okay. Hey, put a treat in your hand and then welcome. Tell the, <laughs> tell okay, the category guys. it can come out. So iconic songs. I would say Benatar's iconic songs, Hit Me With Your Best Shot, Heartbreaker. Love is a battlefield. That's maybe where I, I stop it in terms of iconic, and then when we go into... I feel like we belong. Yeah, I I think we belong is unfortunately mired with some 80s production that kind of keeps it out of that category. 
I think it's the kind Tell of that song to that every karaoke yeah, night when I've you ever hear been it to. on like in a bar <laughs> when it comes on the jukebox, you're like, yay, but you don't. It's not like everybody in the bar knows that song. And I think some of those earlier ones has a production that makes makes them more timeless. Whereas We Belong just feels so 80s. And I think kind of the... It's because of the, like, um, what's synthy And the drums. And I think that, in general, that probably Did hurts. Did we say Heartbreaker? Yeah. I think I would throw Heartbreaker and Hit Me With Your Best Shot. I would say those are probably her two most iconic, and I would throw Love as a Battlefield up there as well. And then if we go to the next category, which is kind of generally recognizable songs, then throw in We Belong, throw in Shadows of the Night. in the dark i'm not gonna let it go <laughs> um wait how does promises in the dark go it's it's an earlier song what do you Let's... does it say what album it was on yeah uh promises... it starts slow and then it turns into a rock yeah. so i only know like five pad benatar songs because those are like the ones that like society has held on to yeah. i guess <laughs> like the, the other ones have kind of been forgotten by time yes i guess so i know love is a battlefield uh shadows of the night hit me with your best shot we belong heartbreaker Heartbreak. that's all that i i and i feel like as someone who was not but around those all rock yes <laughs> but what, what i'm saying is i feel I like, like there's that's some enough they rock <laughs> jesus <laughs> Uh, get defensive about it i'm ready but sometimes that is it that is a a thing to consider is like but i just over think it years. is interesting yeah i i uh, it is also a very much a sound of its time i will say that in some ways but also that's the fucking sound of its time you mean to tell me that like guns and roses isn't the sound of its time because it is you know, mm-hmm. and so like I think that you can argue that it, it is like a- right. I think the artists from the '80s, like Whitney Houston, that's their hurdle, which is that that production was so specific and did not exist before or after, and you can tell, and it has that cheese to it that when we listen to a lot of those '80s songs, if we're insecure, it, there's a reluctance. You know, <laughs> if we can't just let ourselves love it, there has to be some sort of begrudging, like yes, despite all this kind of weird production sound, there there are good songs shining through. But you know what's funny? And I, and I obviously all of this is about taste. All of this is just what we like and what, like, mm-hmm. you know, strikes a chord in us. I was a freshman oh, in college when Appetite for Destruction came out. And it was the bane of my existence. It was blasted at every single fucking party oh, we went I'm to sure. every mm-hmm. weekend. And I hated it more than anything. It, sound, it was screaming. It was obnoxious. And I fucking hated it. And it's, the, it's that thing, too, where it's just like... Arguing that Kiss should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when we could all sit here and play every Kiss song on the guitar. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. garbage child rock and roll music. Yeah. I mean, it can be argued. I, I, I mm-hmm. won't say that. Like, obviously, they had hits and whatever. But we're not talking about... Uh, obviously, Slash is a great guitarist, but it, it's, it feels to me like the argument changes band by band, mm-hmm. just depending on who is holding the conversation and who's deciding. Because all of the songs that we just talked about for Pat Benatar, they, they're played on every, you know, L.A. classic rock station all day, every day. Yeah, constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and November rain is not it November mm-hmm. rain doesn't hold up you right. know like yes. it it was of a moment where a person was famous enough to push a piano into a pool and everyone jerked <laughs> off about that because they thought it was the coolest thing ever that doesn't hold up right like mm-hmm. it's it is also a, a, a band that has a sound of a time and mm-hmm. I think if you are romantic about that time and you had a great time during that time then that's great and you're like this is of course they're forever but like for me I immediately get sick to my stomach like I immediately have like Zima hangover feelings <laughs> when, I, when I hear appetite for destruction in any way so it's just all like all of this is the classic anything in music you just end up fighting about taste and experience mm-hmm. although I really. do guess I now that I'm thinking about appetite for destruction in particular I lived in Tennessee when that um came out so obviously it was everywhere I was as well <laughs> even though I was a small child I remember that thinking about that that certainly qualifies as some sort of classic album stuff mm-hmm. yeah and maybe that is another hurdle that she is fighting is that all of her hits didn't and fucking guns and roses another reason that they are iconic in many ways is because they didn't do many albums like they burned out they they didn't have a lot of mm-hmm. yeah they didn't they weren't able to you know have some really terror i mean like they had their kind of classic album then they had one more they had yeah use i mean well, well they had, they had two, two two use your illusions yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's not forget they were on the terminator uh, 2 soundtrack i do remember that right was that I, that that rings a bell. That I think that was the whole big thing mm-hmm. about them was that they were in the ter- Terminator Two soundtrack. That was a big deal when mm-hmm. I was growing up. But maybe that is another thing is that she didn't have that big momentous thing, and then deigned to go away. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, the first few years of her career, she was putting out an album every year. 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, Too prolific. She's too prolific. If you ask me, too prolific. Well, and also she made that crossover from when MTV started from the radio to video. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was gorgeous and because she got it. So there's a lot of people that didn't or couldn't. And, of course, I was also there when MTV started. And Mm -hmm. she that was the other reason that she... Got so big, like Love is a Battlefield was that video was like legendary. It was so important. Yeah, it was was really good. And she and, you know, so she went from the classic rock stations or whatever. It wasn't classic at the time and then went into like whatever that felt like. It wasn't new wave or anything, but it was definitely different music mm-hmm. than what she started doing when yeah. she got into Love is a Battlefield, when, when it went into We Belong or whatever. She she definitely made a very overt progression to keep her career alive. Yes, absolutely. Which not a lot of people can do, I think. Second song on MTV was Pat Benatar. You Better Run. Yeah. Oh, really? The first was Video Killed the Radio Star, mm-hmm. and the second video was You Better Run? By Pat Benatar, yeah. A song that I could not... Draw up. Yeah, like, dun, wow. Dun, 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 dun. It's very, like, um, I'm like that sounds I'm like kind of a blues. Yeah, I thought that was going to be stock like... spread in the news. <laughs> kind you of. better run. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, let's talk about commercial success, which is Pat Benatar does quite well in this category has sold more than 30 million records. Did she have a resurgence with that movie 13 going on 30? I don't. Think <laughs> okay. so. No, do you guys know that's like a major plot point. I've only seen I saw the movie once and way too late. I love that movie. <laughs> but like that's a major plot point, right? Is that she and her friends did the dance from Love is a Battlefield okay. mm-hmm. and then when she goes and she like wakes up 
30, I think. And then she's mm-hmm. like trying to convince, she teaches a kid the dance yeah. maybe yeah. or something, right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like maybe, you know, the youth yeah. got introduced to Pat Benatar in that way. Who could forget? Oh, <laughs> shut your face. I'm sorry that that, I think that movie was important to some people though. Like that was, it like was a successful. I heard it caused a resurgence. <laughs> <laughs> It was successful, all right. Yeah, sure. It was. I saw it too late, but I do think it was. I'm shocked Pat Benatar didn't get inducted into the hall right after 13 going on 30 <laughs> came out. By Jennifer Garner gives yeah, her her exactly. uh, It award. could happen. <clears throat> well, uh, definitely, like, you know, probably hipped a bunch of people to that's all That's what I that mean. Like, kids music. didn't know who she was, and then they're watching it, and they're like, oh, neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Sorry that it's teenage girls, so you don't respect them, Joe. But that's probably who was uh, tuning in to Guys, Pat I'm Benatar. Step out for a second. Let you have this moment. We need to hash this out. Just saying. Uh, so commercial success. Really first album. Sell their taste. <laughs> first album platinum. Second album four times platinum. Next album two times. Next one platinum. Next one platinum. Next one platinum. She was killing it. Commercial success. Obviously, she was connecting with a lot of people. Uh, also, in eighth grade, I had a I had a folder that was the Pat Benatar Get Nervous album. I don't think it was one of her more popular ones. Well, platinum. She, did it? Yeah. She is on the cover in a straight jacket. Oh yeah, with really cute Look hair. At her her and, hair is all wild at the top. Yeah, and she. They used to make these. You know, it was 1984 or whatever. They made these folders for school, but it was whatever record you liked. So it had a little record sticking out of the top, mm-hmm. like a fake paper record, and then the album cover. So you could go ah. and be like, I like Ben Benatar. <laughs> Everybody acknowledge it. Uh, and that's the album with Shadows of the Night on it. Oh, okay. We're with the a classic. The that's a good karaoke song. If you can, if you can handle it. Right. Um, a lot of repetition at the end, though, mm-hmm. which you don't. Oh, it's not that's good the for worst. You forget yeah. and, until you you have to face the music. Doesn't Eight. we belong have a long outro too? Like, doesn't it go? Yeah. For like ever. That's when you walk in a dramatic circle. Yeah. Don't be afraid to really keep that karaoke stage as your own. I'm not afraid to just monologue. To to really like talk about what's happening in the room, to really connect, maybe give a compliment to someone who sang earlier. uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe tip your weight staff. Tip your weight. (laughs) Fill out your comment cards. Yeah, exactly. I'll do and then I'll just, you know, I'll get in a quick mic set if I if I need to try out some material. Yeah. I'll put I'll I'll put a few jokes in there Mm -hmm. at the as you should hey guys joe here again from the future or the present or i guess technically the past because i'm recording this and then you're gonna hear it anyway you know what i mean i'm not from 2018 i'm from 2022 uh hope you're enjoying this remastered classic ep of who cares about the rock hall and i'm just jumping in here to let you know it's time to take a little bit of a break so we'll be right back Welcome back to the show, everybody. Hope you had a nice little break there. Hope over your break, you went out on your own and you said, I don't need anybody else. Uh, Let's get back to the 2018 Pat Benatar, Karen Kilgariff episode. I believe at this point, we're about to get to the category of longevity. Ooh. Have fun. Longevity. So your first album... I mean, she had that resurgence with 13 Queens 30, so (laughs) let's not forget. Uh, So her first album was 1979, and she was on the... Although it looks like... Oh, this is interesting. Her first single... Ooh, ooh song? 
her first single is from 1974. It's called Day Gig. Must have been like early, early on, you know, before she, maybe she was even signed. What is Ooh Ooh song? Oh, it's, I bet you, <laughs> yeah, you I, might recognize it. The Ooh Ooh song is kind of. I don't know what the chorus is offhand, but it's... I bet it's, it doesn't say ooh in it. There's a, there's a bunch of oohs in it. Uh, Karen, were you someone who watched, a, like, a lot of MTV? Every moment of every day that I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... Uh, I remember the whole um, ad campaign leading up to the premiere of MTV. So it was this weird, like... People were talking about it, but no one knew what it was. And we, I remember where I was when it first came on. And then we just, we would go home after school and just sit either by yourself or in rooms of kids. And we would just sit very quietly and watch MTV for hours at a mm-hmm. time. Like hours. It was amazing. It was really, really good back then. Yeah. Well, and there were, people were experimenting. There was just like, nobody had ever done this kind of stuff before. So you could just like... Your song could be just okay, but if you had a cool music video... Like, I don't know, the Ooh song, for example. (laughs) (laughs) This is what made me think of it, because it was like, you probably heard this song so much because they probably played this video all the time that to you, it's like, oh, it's like a major hit. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, no, it is a Pat Benatar deep cut. I only Mm -hmm. rediscovered it recently because that chorus came up and then I was like, wait, I know this song, but I know it wasn't like a hit hit. Mm -hmm. But it was, I think... It wasn't early? It was, no, it was 85. Oh, okay. Uh, So, yeah, she started putting out albums in 79, and she was having hits. Her last major hit was All Fired Up, which was in 88. So her run, pretty decent, just about 10 or so years. Not too bad. But, you know, it did not really, you know, was putting out albums in the 90s, but it wasn't quite Also, new. if you Google her, she doesn't have her own website anymore. She and her husband, Neil Gelardo. 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 Who's been with her since the beginning. Yeah, well, they've been married since, wait, uh, since 1982. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're still married, but they, like... That's the, her website is Benatar Geraldo. Like yeah, that's com. how they. They're Pat Benatar tour. and Neil, Neil Geraldo. That's how they tour together. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And he's the guitar player, and he wrote a lot of the songs. And he's been with her since the very beginning. Yeah, all those big long uh, guitar solos. That's all him. Yeah, and they have a really good Tiny Desk concert. The NPR Do series. Really? Yeah, it's just the two of them. You know, he's on acoustic guitar, and it's great. Do they do hits? They do like yeah. They their... do. I think they do. We belong. We belong to the light. We belong to the thunder. Okay. Influence innovation. I think one of the few, especially at that time, female rock stars who like legitimately was a fucking badass. Yeah. And I think anyone who comes after that has to give it up to Pat. I think has to acknowledge that that's. That's prob- I think that's the category where she shines, which is that she kicked ass. She took names. She took names. <laughs> <laughs> but she was able to be uh, a badass rock star without losing her femininity. You know, it wasn't like she was had to conform to something else. Yeah, I think that's highly influential. 
Yeah. I feel like she's the kind of progression of heart what mm-hmm. Hart was doing. Yeah. Because they were the exact same way. And and Ann Wilson's voice was huge and, you know, had a huge range and everything. So it was that thing of, like, you can be a good singer and still be the lead singer of a rock band. Yeah. It felt like that. It was that kind of, I don't know, just welcoming that idea in. And then she just took it and, I don't know, 80s it up a little bit. Yeah. Put mm-hmm. her spin on it. And Hart is in, I'm just mm-hmm. saying, the Hart tributary. The Hart yeah. leads to Pat. My Hart leads to Pat. Put her in the damn thing. All right. Last category. Does my mom know who this is? And uh, yeah, for you sure. You better believe for sure. it. Yeah, my mom. Your both mom. my parents know And then Pat she saw 13 going on 30 and she remembered how much she loved her. Yeah, right. That was uh, the target audience for Wait, 13. what's the only thing that Pat's not doing well in is the critical, critical acclaim. Critical acclaim. Cl- iconic Classic album. albums. Yeah. Oh, because the hits are spread out too much. Got yeah. it. Got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. If I think if a... If one of those first few albums that they've been consolidated, but that was kind of not how you did things back then. This might be totally insane, but I'll just throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Critical acclaim, like if you were going to side by side Pat Benatar and the songs and the hits that she had with like ACDC, so you like then take out your uh, lead guitarist that's insane that everybody worships, and you're just talking about like the songs and the lyrics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is ACDC more cl- critically acclaimed than Pat Benatar? Like it's still that simple rock theme of just like. Yeah, uh, I think. They so ACDC has two classic albums to their career, and I think maybe just because I don't think critics loved ACDC, I think maybe now more retrospectively they're because probably of more the Iron Man movie. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you that that is genuinely how children found out about ACDC, and I'm not making that up. Mm-hmm. Children that I babysat for became obsessed with ACDC when Iron Man came out. Mm-hmm. I believe that. I just think it's hard to like, how can you be critically acclaimed and doing that kind of like every like stadium rock Well, thing? it's like, like Bon Jovi, for example, who just got inducted. They are not critically acclaimed, Mm-mm. but they certainly were popular. And I think it's the, it's probably, if we try to break down what is, how do you get critical acclaim? It's hard to do that because it's just like, do these weirdos like you uh some sort of artistic construction of an album i think is highly regarded critically but yeah when it's just fucking dumb butt rock then like how do you i guess if you're consistent you do i mean acdc was around for a long time and yeah and did it through two eras all right shall we do our verdict will pat benatar get in the hall of fame or should should she, should she? Will, will she, she and when? when she all right do you want to start kristen oh boy okay uh, should she? I think we know where I stand on this one. Pretty sure. Uh, I think she should. She should already be in there. I'm pissed that she's not. Will she? Ooh, mama. Do I think that anybody out there on the committee is even bringing her up? She's never been nominated. No. She, mm. And I'm like, so nobody, if nobody's bringing her up, I'm like, when? I, you know, will she? God, I hope so, but I don't know when, I don't know when the, like, now that uh, against my will, I understand a lot more about how these things work, I I don't know that she will, and that pisses me off, <laughs> but I guess I, I, if she were going to, I think it's going to be maybe 10 years from now, once we've gotten all the divas in, <laughs> 
then we then they go back and they start like kind of cleaning up on like who did we miss of like lady rockers and maybe maybe she'll get in after kate bush 10 years from now Mm -hmm. that's my thoughts karen i have similar thoughts i feel like she should be in i love kate bush but i feel like she if we're talking about it in terms of classic rock and roll hall of fame of what that should mean i feel like she kicked the door open for a lot of people Mm -hmm. especially as a solo artist technically the fact that she has such a strong presence on like classic rock stations and stuff it's mm-hmm. not like we're not talking about some of these people who you haven't heard of and you don't know the songs at all right. i realize i i went into some deep cuts but for the most part she's got these hits that you you know like if if uh hit me with your best shot comes on at a wedding everybody jumps up mm-hmm. like if that matters at all um yeah she's a handful of like undeniable hits yeah and uh, crowd pleasers and truly like rock mm-hmm. i mean you know but the idea that she's never been nominated is very troubling to me because you wh- reach a certain point i feel like where if they haven't been part of the conversation yet you wonder if they ever will be i mean Damn. how long did it take for the moody blues 28 years like 32 I 32 think. years wow. but had 20, they, 30, had they like ever that. been nominated no. prior to that no zero noms no until fyn <laughs> yeah all right, Joe. What do you think? Oh wait, oh, uh, did you ever say how long you think it would be for the, for them to, for her to get look, it? Look, I'm going to go positive, and I'm going to say within the next five years. What do they do? They do it every four years, like the Olympics. I don't understand <laughs> no, every anything year. about. There's oh, okay. one every, there's, every year. Yeah, but how many women they induct every year? TBD. Usually let's about grassroots one. this thing. Let's just start mm-hmm. the let's start the campaign now. Yeah, I mean, it's never too early. It's never too early. <laughs> Joe. All right. Should she? Yes, I think she should be inducted. Will she? I think she will. I think she will be an FYN. I think as soon as she gets on the ballot, yeah. she will get in. Look, it's if sh- Dire Straits can do it, mm-hmm. Patty B can do it. I, yeah, <laughs> that's the old saying. <laughs> but I think that's true. I think as soon as she's on the ballot, it's gonna everybody's going to vote, vote for her. I think it's just the hurdle of getting the nominating committee to put her on there. And I think they will. And I think they will within the next five years. I think she's around the corner. You know, they're, they've been doing a lot of, you know, cleaning house with these classic rock artists. And you'll have to get the Benatar soon. There's not going to be yeah. any white men left by the time they... Like, eventually they're going to yeah. run out of of bands from the 60s and 70s to yeah. induct. I mean, if, if Pat Benatar was on the ballot next year, she would get in. For sure. And it could happen. I don't think it's out of the question. Uh, so Pat Benatar gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who inducts her? Ann Wilson from Heart. Interesting. I was looking up who she has toured with recently to see like maybe who she's Neil Geraldo. I mean that's like a that's like a sweet one, but like usually they with who they he go would be for. also being inducted, wouldn't he? Yeah. Did, no, wouldn't, he would not. Oh, just she would he's just not get credited. in as a solo artist. If it were she the if it were the Pat like Benatar, band. if it was the Pat Benatar band the at, Pat on the sleeve, Benatar. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, he would not. Even though he like should be, just because she was a solo artist, she would get inducted by herself. Uh, but I was looking at who she's been touring with. Here's an interesting one: Cher. She's been touring with Cher. She's done oh, at least one tour. Is Cher, Cher. in the no. the Raw Hall? No, she's not in the Raw Hall. Uh, you, you have to get inducted by someone that's in. No, oh, so oh. it can be anybody. It doesn't even have to be a musician. Uh, Howard Stern inducted uh, Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi oh. and David Letterman inducted Pearl Jam. 
Pearl Jam. Wow. And so sometimes that's that's usually not the case. It's usually not a, a broadcaster. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes it's someone who uh, is like a peer. Sometimes it's someone who influenced them. And sometimes it's someone who's influenced by them. Mm. It's like seven orphans that yeah. speak in unison. It's really creepy. <laughs> Uh, but maybe and I, maybe share that'd be a good one though. Have Debbie, Debbie Harry. Uh, oh, that'd be amazing! Because uh, I know Blondie and, and and Pat toured together. And I'm like, if Blondie's in, put the Benatar in. You're right. She'll get in. Fyn for sure. But you know what? You mentioning that now makes me see that critical acclaim difference where mm-hmm. Blondie. They're cooler. They're cooler, yeah. and their songs. There was more going on, whereas Pat Benatar was truly just giving you stadium rock in whatever way you could take it, yep. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, Melissa Etheridge. They also toured together. Oh, I was like, is Melissa in the I in the hall? No, she's not. She may not be eligible. Uh, she might be though. She certainly rocks. Karen, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Three cheers for Melissa Everett. Uh, Karen O from the AAS mm. seems to be oh. like a draw line from yeah, Pat just to, from their haircuts. Yeah, even from just their look and like kind of presence. Yeah, kind of small faces. The small know. faces are in. Yeah, small faces are in. I'm not kidding. The small faces are in. Good if he presented. Oh, the small faces are inducted. You were talking about like in in like well, small faces are really in right now. Oh, like I was saying, like, fashion wise. Yeah. No. Don't like big faces. Small faces are in. Who? What did the small faces sing? Not the faces. The small. But, well, faces. They're, they're, that's the same band. Oh. Okay. So basically, it's the small faces slash the faces. Oh. It's, is Rod in on his own? Mm-hmm. He's in twice. He's in with the faces in. And yet, no Tina. Tina's got to be in with her goddamn abuser. Mm-hmm. Cool. Great up. job. Man, guys. Oof. I know there's a lot bigger things going on in the world, but I choose to get angry about this right now. Pat Bantar gets in. She's performing okay. uh, at the induction ceremony. What three songs does she play? Obviously. Love is a Battlefield. Hit me with your best shot. And Heartbreaker. Heart, we belong. See, I... I ooh, <laughs> All the lights come down and say, yeah. like seven synthesizers come out. I would say Heartbreaker for sure. I think... I know I've really been standing by promises in the dark this whole time, but I only because it is like anthemic and it changes pace and stuff. And her... Like, there's one point where her voice goes up so high, it's insane. It's Mariah Carey style. Ooh. Um, so I, if I if I were to suggest anything to her, I would put that in there. What about Shadows of the Night? <laughs> That's the, a good one, too. We're on the legend I've of Billie Jean. I've sang it so many times <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, uh, geez. I feel like it definitely has to be Heartbreaker. I think mm-hmm. that one... Heartbreaker sure. and Love is a Battlefield, I think, are the, the gimmies of... Mm-hmm. And then do you do you fill that third slot with the with hit me with your best shot, which is like classic rock standard, or do you go shadows of the night? You could also go we belong. I think those are the that's what's yeah. In play. I think you have to have a slower one just because those other one. I heartbreaker rules. It's mm-hmm. so fast. It's like it's an awesome song. I don't know. What do you what do you think? Do you think she closes on love is a battlefield, and yeah, then I mean, like Jennifer Garner comes out and. Does- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you can make a real solid three-song set. 
with Ms. Pat. Three, yeah, 100%. Because that's usually what they play. She could actually start with Love is a Battlefield wearing the outfit she wore in the video. She strips that thing off. Then she's in the unitard with the red belt that she wears in the... Oh, yeah. Um, it, I think it's the Promises in the Dark video, which is just a concert. It's just concert okay. footage. Um, then we end obviously with the ooh ooh song, where she goes back to her waitressing career. Right, we get we get, we get the table of customers up on stage. They've been sitting in the crowd the whole time. We had no idea. We're like, why at this huge ten thousand dollar a table event are these uh, street rough, you know, street tough kids just sitting there eating nope. pizza? Yeah, eating pizza. Everyone else is drinking champagne. Yeah. Uh, do you get to do costume changes when you do songs at the? ceremony or is this fake so. it's like no i mean it's it's, like it's a, i think it's just it's in and out row. because oh, okay. they've got a they'll change at least your lighting six performances. and stuff for the songs they'll change your lighting they'll give you lighting. <laughs> not just one spotlight yeah they'll okay, let good, you good. do they'll do multiple lighting shifts you they'll know? put some gels on those yeah, lights they'll let you have people come out to as well and join you and things like that for fun but mm -hmm. It's mostly a pretty straight, straightforward performance from what I gleaned from watching the one this year. Right. The first time I've ever witnessed one of these ceremonies. Boy, it'd be fun to watch Pat Benatar perform. I will say that. That'd be fun and interesting. Mm -hmm. Also, because she does like the VH1 Divas shows and stuff. And I feel like... Wait, she what? She's been, she's been on at least one of those shows, I'm pretty sure. On the Divas? Well, that would make I sense. Could, you could check it. I'm not positive. They've also had many years of divas. So I'm, yeah. I've got to imagine some of them are, are going uh, under the radar for you. She's got to be in at least <laughs> yeah, one wait, of them. Wait, they're still doing divas. Listen, as soon as I put VH1 divas in, it said VH1 divas RuPaul, and that is exciting. Wait, Shit. is there going to be a VH1? The one I always think of is the like classic one, the one with Celine and Aretha, and like the the old like the '90s one is the one I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. I was at the one um, that had Celine, Mary J. Blige. Whitney showed up, but it was it didn't go well. Um, oh, no. And there was a bunch of people. And we were there for because it was when I first started writing for Ellen and she was the host. And so I had to be there for like rehearsal. Celine Dion gave 110 percent at this rehearsal to the point where <laughs> there was only like five people in this huge audience at C at the Caesars, like, you know, that huge theater that they have there. So there's like four of us just milling around, you know, just for the technical rehearsal. Mm -hmm. Celine Dion, they were singing You Shook Me All Night Long. It was her and like, I think A Rita song Ora. you never want to hear Celine Dion sing. She was giving it. And at one oh point, she literally walked over, looked at me, pointed, and went <laughs> as she walked across the other. Where I was like, you are the consummate performer. You're she, giving it all. You know what? She rocks. <laughs> <laughs> she does. But no, am I wrong? Did no, Pat Benatar's done it? She did a duets, VH1 Divas duets. She did a duet with, it looks like, Lisa Marie Presley. Oh, what? Heartbreaker, maker, Beyonce was on this. Wait, Queen Latifah, Ashanti, Pat Benatar, and Beyonce? 2003? Yeah, look at that. This is wild. Uh, all right. I think that just about does it. Wow, we did it, guys. We made it all the way to the end. You know, it, this episode originally was like over an hour 40, I think, and really chopped it down, got it to the essentials. Hope you enjoyed going on this walk down memory lane with us. A lot of interesting things that came up. 
you know, Tina Turner not being in, thinking that Pat Benatar would be an FYN, which she wasn't. She was on the ballot in 2020 and didn't get in. A lot of interesting uh, stuff that we were thinking back in 2018. You know, me and Karen both knew she was going to get in within five years. Kristen did not. It's funny how it does feel a little bit like a different time. I suppose it was four years ago. That's that's a good chunk. It's good to uh, hear us talk about Pat Benatar. Perhaps maybe in the future it will go even deeper into a dive. I know now when we do these types of episodes, we really get into it in the way that we did not in 2018. So perhaps a revisit to Pat Benatar is uh, likely to happen. You know, we've got a lot of time between now and uh, the induction ceremony. So yeah, I'd say count on it. Maybe even next week. Who's to say? Uh, But thank you so much for listening. Uh, We are Who Cares About the Rock Hall. You know that. I'm Joe Quazala. Kristen Stutter's not here. Ooh, but that reminds me, and maybe I should have said this at the top of the episode, but if you made it all this way, then I know you're a true blue, real deal fan. We together, not just me and not just Kristen, but the both of us are going to be doing the podcast or some form of it live at the Bottle Rock Festival in Napa, California on May 28th and 29th. Uh, We will have more details as those come to us, but that's exciting. Going on the road, uh, if you are up around Napa or the Bay Area or whatever, and it's easy for you to come by, or you were already going to go to the Bottle Rock Festival, swing on by. When We'll definitely be posting it on on Twitter and stuff, but if you're not on social media and you want to know specifically... Maybe email us, rockhallpod at gmail.com, and, and we'll let you know when we're going to be around. We don't know what to expect, but we're, we're hoping it'll, it'll be fun. So uh, check that out if you can. Otherwise, I'm Joe Quazala. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.